So we are recording now. Awesome. And it's our first video. Finally, we are doing Finally, it. Finally, man. <laughs> yes, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought, you know, we've been having conversation about this book and how it's been uh, so wonderful in your life. Hmm. And as we had the conversation, like in the evening, right? Yes. Uh, you just have done like enough advertisement for the book already. Mm. And also you are in the way to, you know, do an audio version of the book mm. as well. So I would like to, you know, hear a comprehended version of the book itself. I mean, mm. I have the parts like here and there, like how the, mm. the system works, system mm. inside the book, but I right. haven't read it myself yet. Mm. So in that sense, I, I would like to have an outline. I would, I would like to have some sense of how this can benefit anyone, not mm. just, uh, mm. you know, group of people looking for something in specific in life. Right. It can be for anyone, right? Mm. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, in business or mm. making money or making this, making that. There's mm. no uh, limit to it. You can just mm. apply for everyone. Everybody needs something like this. Yes. So, I would like to know more, but in a very, uh, you know, easily transferable way. Sure, sure. So, <clears throat> the first thing that I could probably... Uh, start off by saying is uh, to refer to which book are we are talking about so that people are not in the dark oh, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't so <laughs> we are talking about the handbook to higher consciousness by Ken Keyes Jr. Right. And uh, I've read many books in my life because I've been interested in quite a few different topics ever since my childhood. And But by far this is the best book that I have ever read period. Uh, now coming to the book itself as you rightly said, that is there a book that can be recommended to everyone, irrespective of which field of life they're in, I would say this is one such book. Because truly, uh, the way you can think about your hand, the handbook to higher consciousness is that it's an operating manual on how to use your brain. Now, one way to think about it is uh, your brain is an immensely powerful biocomputer. Uh, it's one of the most powerful computational engines that exists in the universe. And unfortunately, we don't really know how to get the most benefit out of this engine of sorts. Now, to give you an analogy, uh, if you get a laptop and if you had to start you know, coding and you know, uh, editing certain things on different kinds of softwares, but there was no help for you anywhere. Like you didn't have YouTube, you didn't have like an operating manual. You would pretty much be clueless. Like you wouldn't really expect somebody with their first encounter with a laptop to start uh, writing software for machine learning. To do that, you would definitely have to have an operating manual or a guidebook that is telling you how to operate that stuff. Now, on the same lines, the handbook to higher consciousness is an operating manual on how to use your brain in the most efficient way, right? Now, coming to the book itself, the starting point of this book is that you are the master of your emotions. You are the master of your inner workings of your mind. And what most people do is that up until a certain point, they always try to blame the external world for their life situations, which is that now he said something to piss me off or she said something that I got annoyed and that guy is irritating or you know that woman is uh, 
she just gets on my nerves and I cannot handle this person and things like that. But the starting point for the handbook is to take charge of your own life, which is that you fundamentally realize that you are the one that is responsible for your own emotional state of being. Once you have taken that responsibility, then you can move ahead. Now, going ahead, what the handbook says is that the universe is always sending infinite amount of information in your direction. Now, you cannot comprehend all of this information anyways, which is the first bottleneck is that you have some senses which also have a narrow bandwidth. And based on the senses, you pick up some information, you compute that information and a narrative is provided to your consciousness. So, you already have five senses. So, based on that, you will see certain things, hear certain things. But even in that, you need to understand that the limitation or the bottleneck is that, for example, in this moment, there are all kinds of information that your biocomputer is processing in this moment. Yet, you are not consciously aware of all of them. You can hear the sound of my voice. You can also hear all the sounds in the background. You can see me, yet you can also see all the things that are happening in the background. You can see the sky, you can see a few outlines, and you can see a whole lot of things, right? But you are not consciously aware of all of this information which is being presented to your biocomputer. Now, what you become aware of depends on the center of consciousness that you are residing in. Now, there are seven centers of consciousness. Starting from the lowest to the highest, the first center of consciousness is security. Now, the best way I can explain this to you is... Okay, uh, I would like to interview you. Sure. So, these seven centers are like, what are these centers? We can see the seven chakras and stuff, right? I mean, like, when you say seven, like, a lot of people come right. to this point, like, yes. we have a conversation with someone. Yes, 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 yes. So, the seven centers are not uh, directly correlated with the seven chakras, mm -hmm. because the centers are not physical phenomena in your body. It's not something that you can feel in different parts of your body. It's simply what kind of awareness you have in this moment. So, the center of consciousness determines what is the story that you're going to use okay. to interpret the information that you're gathering in this moment right now. Okay. What kind of awareness you're having? I mean, like, what is that awareness kind? I mean, how do you define that awareness as a varied, uh, let's say, uh, I'm just trying to understand what is that the seven things point to mm. within ourselves? Mm. Which is like a psychological state or is it like uh, a meditative like kind of state? Mm. Or like how do you define that? I mean, how, do you, how can I understand which thing that is pointing to? Right. So, the best way I can explain this to you is if you were to think of a monkey in a forest. Mm. Now, the monkey, just like you, mm. has pretty much the same senses. It's seeing things, it's hearing things, it's touching things, it's tasting things, it's feeling things. Now, as the monkey is traveling through uh, the jungle landscape, mm. there, are, there is a whole host of information that is being processed by the monkey's brain. Mm. 
Now, in a moment, maybe the most beautiful sunset is happening and uh, there are also mountains in the background, maybe there is snow falling or all kinds of phenomena that's happening. But in the moment where there is some sort of rumbling in the bushes, mm. now that is the thing that needs all of your attention. Because while there is so much information out there, there is a potential event happening in all of this information which could be life-threatening to you. Because if the rumbling in that bushes turns out to be a jaguar or any other predator, a split-second decision can make a difference between your life and death. So then in that case what happens is, the center of consciousness then decides that out of all of this information, what is it that I focus on? Okay. And when you focus on that, what happens is, there's a whole host of other things which gets missed out. Which is in this moment when the most beautiful sunset is happening, it's irrelevant because of the rumbling in the bushes, because that's the thing that takes all of your attention. So the first thing that you do as an organism is when you go into an environment, you scan the entire environment for all of its information and then perceive from this that what are all the threats to my survival. Mm -hmm. And so that is the first center of consciousness, which is security. Okay. So again, the seven centers are like, at this moment, hmm. there are like seven layers of different information, different levels where I can feel the existence. Hmm. Is, it, is it how I can comprehend this? Yes, so it's, it's about different ways of perceiving and interpreting information that is being presented to you all the time anyways. Okay, so it's like seven different ways of doing that. Yes, so I can just give you another example, mm -hmm. which is in the moment your complete attention is focused on the rumbling in the bushes, mm -hmm. Now the fact that uh, there is a banana tree over there with like uh, three dozen bananas which are like absolutely ripe and ready to be eaten is information that gets missed out. It is right there, that information is also entering your eyes. It is being sent to your brain, yet you don't pick up on it because this is more relevant in this moment. Now suppose you realize that, oh, actually there is no predator in the bushes. It's just a hedgehog that is moving around. Now you can get out of the security sensation or security center. And then you move into the second center of consciousness, which is sensation, which is now you're scanning the same thing. You're getting the same information, but now the bush has become more or less irrelevant to you. And then suddenly the bananas, get all your attention and then you can move in that direction to basically gratify your sensory desires which is the second center of consciousness where you compute all of this information to look for all the different opportunities that are present in all of this to gratify your sensory desires mm -hmm. now for a monkey they're fairly simple it's mostly food and sex for a human being they're a bit more wide-ranging, you know, it could be people on Instagram or TikTok or, you know, even like eating certain food or just ordering things, buying stuff online or going for parties, specifically with the intention of finding a mate or things like that. So there are all examples where you are in the situation, there is all of this information, but you're filtering out all of this reality 
and only allowing things which match your criteria in that moment mm. which is that in that moment you are looking for something to gratify your sensory desires so that is the second okay we can consider this as the moment when you are uh, you know having that thinking about masturbation or having that craving of some xyz food which doesn't do any good for you i mean at that moment in terms of uh, when you consider energy or in terms of other stuff mm. but you still want to do it but you yes. still want to achieve something through that so that is when people are in these centers so i wouldn't say achieve it's uh, uh, yeah, the yeah. second center or probably we could say achieve as well because maybe as a monkey in that moment you want to your objective is to get those bananas mm -hmm. and in this moment maybe your objective is to uh, go to a party and you know find somebody who might be interested in you or something like that mm -hmm. right so but what it is ultimately is it's a it's a scanning of the information that is available throughout and then picking up whatever is relevant mm -hmm. to that particular center mm -hmm. right so that is the second center okay now as a monkey when you have suppose you have satisfied both your uh, cravings uh, right we are going for the next one yes cool i'll just hold on this one okay so as you said it feels like because we have like i have seen like a lot of people who are foodies and people think they are foodies like yes whatever. yes so it means that whatever you're saying people are in those centers and yes. people who are you know wanting to have that sensation through food is operating from those centers from the sensation center okay right so as you can see now so it's not something that is uh, physically linked to a location in your yeah, body yeah, like yeah. the seven chakras mm -hmm. it's more about the state of mind and not just the state of mind it's more about the filter that you put on reality okay let me put it that way actually yes. so the center of consciousness that you are in mm -hmm. decides what is the filter that you have put on reality okay so in the first one your filter is threat mm -hmm. and survival and then everything that you're scanning is a threat okay and whatever is a potential threat is what you perceive mm -hmm. in the second center you're scanning for sensations something that is pleasant mm -hmm. in some form and then that's what you pick up because the universe has always abundant amount of information coming in your direction and you cannot really comprehend and compute all of that all the time mm -hmm. so you put filters right and now in the second one your filter is basically to see that what are the things which are available to me in this moment mm. which i can use to gratify my senses okay so i came back home i have a tv there is a chromecast i can watch something on netflix i can order some food on swiggy so i can keep gratifying my sensations mm -hmm. so these are the options which are available to me from all of the things so that's what it is go for the next one. go for the next one cool so as a monkey again so suppose you have gratified your uh, sensation desires mm -hmm. and you have had the opportunity to find some bananas and some guavas and you also had the ability to mate with one of the members of your group now you can move on to the third center of consciousness which is power mm -hmm. now as a monkey you are part of a dominance hierarchy and the higher up you are in the hierarchy the more benefits you have and the more survival and reproductive advantages that you have mm -hmm. which is that if you are at the pinnacle of the dominance hierarchy 
you have the best access to nutrients mm. and the best access to mating rights. And if you're at the bottom of the hierarchy, you have the worst access to nutrients mm. and the worst access to mating rights. So, evolutionarily, it makes sense that to have this organism, an intrinsic drive to try and move up in the hierarchy. So the way that manifests in terms of people is you scan your environment for all these ways in which you can try and get a supposed advantage over someone else. Mm -hmm. So what we then end up doing is to try and put somebody else down and then our ego tries to give us this supposed advantage and puts us on a higher pedestal. Okay. So this happens when like most people make fun, like is that from the same center as well? Yes, in fact I, mean, I like, would... There are like lot of times when you just put down the friend and make fun of it like... Yes. yes. So I would say almost most of the people, like 99% of the people in the world mm -hmm. spend almost all of their time in the three lower centers of consciousness. So you are always cycling back and forth. Mm -hmm. Now, the way to think about it is, or rather the way to identify mm -hmm. which center you are currently in, mm -hmm. is once you have this framework, it's pretty easy to understand. Uh, we had to shift downstairs because there was so much noise and some construction work happening in the nearby building. So we just continued from the lower three centers and what happened after that. So we, we left out at you said something like 90%, around 90 or 90 plus percent of people mm. are still in their lower centers. I mean, totally operating from the lower centers. We can yes. continue from that point. So, uh, what happens is, you can, once you understand the mechanisms of this filtration process, uh, then you realize what is happening mm. from moment to moment in your consciousness. And then when you observe people, so what you realize is that people are currently in this frame where they're always just cycling between the three lower centers. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, the way you can realize this is, is it's actually quite easy once you understand the center itself, mm -hmm. which is that uh, there is this internal dialogue that is happening. There is a voice which speaks and there is a voice which replies. Mm -hmm. Now, when you observe this dialogue, you will see what is the inherent nature of this dialogue. Now, if the inherent nature is of threats, mm -hmm. like how some things could go wrong and the things that you need to do in order to protect yourself from this potential unpleasant situations, all of that activity is from the security center. The desire seeking behavior mm -hmm. where in the moment where you have nothing to do, you're just, you know, in this emptiness where, you know, uh, there's no work, there's nobody talking to you, there's no phone calls. What you realize is people immediately gravitate towards filling that void with something. Mm -hmm. Now that is the sensation center. Okay. Be it you open your phone and then you're scrolling through Instagram mm -hmm. or you're watching something on Netflix or you start playing some video games or you're going out to party or this okay. seeking behavior like fundamentally I, there is nothing to it there is nothing real that is really happening except that some chemicals in my brain are just being uh, pumped out because i'm having this particular sensation this is kind of what is happening right so uh now that's also a function of the center that you're in mm -hmm. it's like uh, rather than saying that uh 
there are certain chemicals which are being pumped out it's like you are seeking certain chemicals mm. to give you an example uh, uh, anything when you feel good in life this feeling good is a function of uh, primarily four neurotransmitters mm. there is uh, serotonin dopamine oxytocin and endorphins and uh, different levels and different combinations of these produces various kinds of feelings in you. Mm -hmm. Now, dopamine, for example, is your reward hormone. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, that gives you motivation to do certain things. Like, if you have to go climb a mountain mm -hmm. because there is a jackfruit tree on the top of the mountain, you need to have some internal reward mechanism. Because why do you do what you do? there is a neurotransmitter that comes and produces this feeling of goodness inside you and what you're doing is basically seeking that goodness. Mm. Now, if you think about uh, how our society is currently quite messed up in terms of their dopamine systems, uh, traditionally, say if you go back say thousand years or even whatever, like you would have to go through a certain amount of effort in order to get the reward. Mm. Like suppose if you have to, uh, like if you want to crack the JE exam, so you take two years of coaching for the IIT JE, you study very hard, you go give the exam, you solve as many questions as you can and finally the result comes and then you get selected. Mm. And there is this euphoria that you have in that moment that you feel okay, really nice. Now this euphoria is basically from an internal point of view, there are combinations of, let's like, say, a very high level of serotonin and dopamine in your bloodstream at that moment. And like these neurotransmitters have receptors and as they go and bind to the receptor, they create this sense of happiness and euphoria. Mm -hmm. But now how these same mechanisms have been hijacked and completely screwed up mm -hmm. is uh, because you have a system where uh, as part of your jungle survival ancestry, uh, because in the jungle, uh, not like in that environment, things were not changing very rapidly. Mm -hmm. Like if you go to a certain spot, everything is more or less the same in that spot. Mm -hmm. Like the same tree and the same rock and you know, everything's in the same place. And there are like similar kinds of things which are happening in similar places. Things are not changing suddenly. So if anything changes in your environment, it evolutionarily makes sense for you to process that change, to be cognizant of that change, to realize that, oh, this is the thing. So to get your attention there, evolution has put in this inbuilt reward mechanism mm -hmm. to give you a slight bit of dopamine every time you notice something new. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, this same mechanism has been hijacked so that now when you go to Instagram, and you simply swipe your thumb, mm -hmm. what happens is because you're getting new information, you get a slight bit of dopamine. You, you don't get a huge amount, it's not like a big deal in life, mm -hmm. but you get a slight dopamine hit. Mm -hmm. And now the way the circuits have been short-circuited almost is earlier you had to do certain things in order to get this reward. And now what happens is all you need to do is swipe your thumb up to get this it's reward. Just here. Exactly. So if you think about the effort, it's literally just moving your thumb. Mm -hmm. So it's a very minimal effort 
to a small dribble of dopamine you can just and go on like for exactly you can keep doing that which is what you observe that people have fallen into that loop to the extent that uh many people currently have the inability to follow along with complex concepts mm-hmm. or the ability to execute a project for a consistent amount of time to get some results because their internal mechanisms have been wired for immediate satisfaction of their craving for dopamine so this is something that you can observe in the world around you like a lot yes yes so, so with that we can say like such sensation seeking personality i mean like it could be anyone it could be me also like at yes. times we do it right yes so it happens to be our consciousness is in the sensation center i mean in the lowest second center yes yes so that's what is happening when i'm looking through is instagram or like simply just yes so what it is is you can think of your center of consciousness as a filter on reality mm-hmm. because there is all of this information coming through like uh, say 100 units of information mm-hmm. and you don't have the ability to compute and comprehend all the 100 units mm-hmm. so you put a barrier mm-hmm. you put a filter and then through the filter two units comes through now the filter that you are using to allow certain types of information to come through now that filter is the center of consciousness that you are in cool so when you are in your second the sensation center you are sitting in the room there are all kinds of things there is the bed there is this and that and all kinds of stuff but what happens is you naturally just gravitate towards your phone unlock it start scrolling because there is this void in my head that is yes. to be filled and I feel a very easy thing to yes yes jump into so i just pick it and do it yes so that's one way to think about mm-hmm. the centers okay yeah cool cool so what happens after the three centers so uh, after the three centers but most people are in these three centers yes and it's it's very easy to observe right so as i said uh, the security center you can see manifest itself in all these thoughts which are telling you how things could go bad mm-hmm. and all the things that you need to do to avoid that mm-hmm. the sensation is showing you all the possible things that you can pick from your current reality to just gratify your senses mm-hmm. the third one the power center is a bit more tricky to identify but what it is basically doing is as i said before that as a monkey you are part of this dominance hierarchy and the higher up you are in the hierarchy the more benefits that you accrue mm-hmm. so the way you move up in the hierarchy is first you move up in your own mind so what you do as a monkey or as a human as well is you create separation from people and find all these possible explanations and reasons and justifications in your own mind to give you or rather your ego mm-hmm. a supposed advantage over the other person for some reason that guy is lazy mm-hmm. or she is annoying or he is irritating whatever it is but you use all these things to put the other person below you in a hierarchy mm-hmm. so the moment you notice that your ego is creating the separation and somehow giving you a supposed advantage over the other person mm-hmm. is when you realize that oh these are all patterns which are coming from the power center 
Okay. Right. So now, before I go to the four higher centers of consciousness, I will have to talk about addictions. Mm -hmm. Because the book has a very specific definition for the word addiction. Okay. Now, an addiction is basically any demand that you have from reality. And if reality does not match your addictions, mm -hmm. then you annoy yourself. You make yourself emotionally unpleasant. And uh, so what the book offers is there are these 12 pathways. Mm -hmm. So you can use them to reprogram your addictions into preferences. So let me give you an example. So, uh, but before I give you the example, uh, simply if I talk about emotional states, mm -hmm. to very easily and broadly classify it, you can classify emotions into two categories. There are positive emotions and negative emotions, pleasant and unpleasant. Mm -hmm. Now it's a spectrum, agreed, but the spectrum can be broadly classified into these two. Mm -hmm. It for, can be like from here or here, right? Yes. So, for example, in the positive one, you could be having a pleasant day, you're having your uh, coffee or something, sitting with a beautiful sunset, enjoying mm -hmm. and feeling nice. Or you could be ecstatic. Maybe uh, you became a father and you're super happy about it. This is a life changing event in your you know, uh, experience. So, but the point is they are both falling in the same category. Just the degrees are varying. Mm -hmm. One is on the extreme end, one is on the mild end. Mm -hmm. In the same way, in the negative emotion, on the mild end, you might have just boredom. Mm -hmm. Like you're just feeling bored. Mm -hmm. But that's also a negative emotion. You don't like feeling bored. Yeah. But And then there could be an extreme where you're suicidally depressed. But they're both part of the same, same know, system. Exactly. Perfect. Right. It's something we don't want to experience. Out right. There. So the way you can identify any addiction is simply when it, when some mental pattern, mm -hmm. which gets triggered by a certain kind of reality, puts you in a negative emotional state. You can immediately understand that there is an addiction that has been triggered and is creating this. And which is an automatic thought pattern that you already have pre-programmed into your brain which you most likely picked up when you were a child. So what you now do is to reprogram these addictions into preferences. To give you an example, now suppose you are the CEO of some corporation okay. and you're traveling in all like really fancy places. <coughs> you stay in the best five star resorts and stuff like that. But then because of these things, you have an addiction that your toilet or your bathroom has to be in a certain way. Like you have very high standards. Mm -hmm. Now, you go to a certain place, which is a resort, which is very beautiful, everything is there. But when you go to the washroom, it does not meet your standard, it does not meet your expectation. And then you feel that I'm paying $2,000, it ought to have these things. And then now what you do, is you annoy yourself about the lack of this thing that you have an addictive demand for. And then you pass it on this unpleasantness to all the other people who get in touch with you. You may make a call to the 
management and to the staff or, or your company as well, your secretary and all kinds of things. And the same pattern of annoying yourself and having this addictive demand from reality is the fundamental operating model for all unpleasantness in life. When you are able to rid yourself of these addictions and then move it to preferences, uh, which is that now you could have a preference that maybe you can have a jacuzzi in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. But when you go there and then you realize that, okay, there's no jacuzzi, you're like, okay, fine, it doesn't matter. So this is a preference. And if it's not there and then you get annoyed, that is an addiction. Right? So when you reprogram all of your addictions into preferences, that's when you can finally move into the fourth center of consciousness, mm -hmm. which is love. Now, but uh, again, so as you, uh, you know, do, it, it's more like a practice, right? You, you, you cannot just do it like in a day, you just read the book. And get no, of course not. So it's, uh, it's something that takes a considerable amount of time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's possible only if you realize that there is this potential that exists for yourself. And if you get excited about it, that hey, I can actually read a book applied to myself and I can upgrade the quality of my life. Mm -hmm. Because truly, when we began the conversation, that's one of the things that we mentioned, is that this is something that pretty much everyone in every walk of life could apply to their life. Because at the end of the day, whether you're a coolie or you're a president or you're the CEO of a corporation or you're a anything, what you have to interface with the world is this. Mm -hmm. And truly, if you think about it, it makes so much sense to maximize this, which is Thank to have, guys. yes, which is to have a really good body, which is flexible, which is dexterous, which is energetic, and to have a mind which is pleasant and peaceful. As compared to As one where... about energy, we will talk about energy, like... That's oh, sure, yeah, we, we will yeah. get into that, like, yeah, in yeah. detail at some other point. Mm -hmm. But to truly work with your mind is like or, or another way to put it is like this book is an operating manual on how to use your brain and since whatever you are doing in life whether you're a school teacher or you're a civil servant or whatever it is you are interfacing with the world and operating from your uh, brain if you apply the operating instructions mm -hmm. if you learn the manual and then learn how to actually get the most value and most pleasantness and just most joy out of your own brain. That is, in my point of view, one of the most foundational works that anyone can do in life. Or Should have been learned in the school itself. Well, uh, <laughs> that's a propaganda institution. But anyway, that's how it should have happened. Right? Yeah, this yeah. Is the fundamental that we yes, have yes. started with. But anyway. Got it. Well, uh, now that uh, anyone who's watching this and gets uh, excited enough, like uh, I cannot recommend them enough uh, to truly read the handbook to higher consciousness. And to just uh, give a disclaimer, I have nothing to do with the author. I have never met him. I don't know this guy. It's just that I found the book and the information was just so amazing. It blew me away. Uh, so much so that I read the book like almost 30, 35 times last year. And that's how, and I got so excited about it and I've just been talking about this book non-stop since then.
yeah and it's just because uh, what it is is when you move to the higher centers of consciousness life is truly blissful and these states exist mm -hmm. and these are not esoteric spiritual states of existence these are just everyday existence where for example there is nothing esoteric or spiritual about excitement in life everybody has felt excitement at different points in their life about something or the other mm -hmm. but now suppose if it was possible for you to live a life of excitement where your moment to moment reality was a continuation of excitement wouldn't you like to live that life who says no like really <laughs> so now the possibility exists because this book can offer you that like uh, talking about excitement i can uh, tell you what of my realization that i had about excitement thanks to the book mm -hmm. which is that uh, the way people operate is uh they tend to limit their excitement because they're trying to protect themselves from disappointment mm -hmm. now the way they think about it is if i get excited about something and that something doesn't happen mm -hmm. now i will have a lot of pain mm -hmm. because that didn't happen like mm -hmm. you know i get excited about some girl and then now for whatever reason she did not become a part of my life yeah. so now i create suffering mm -hmm. because of that but what the book teaches you is truly that you are the one who is doing all of these things to yourself and when you truly realize that you realize that there is another model of operating which is just so simple actually but then the impl implementation of that is something else altogether but truly it is actually very simple which is that in this moment you could get extremely excited about something without having any expectations so it's like in the excitement you can start moving in that direction you can start executing and doing all the things that you need to do in the here and now you do those things without having any expectations from the future that you know that event has to manifest in your life mm. because now if you are able to operate without any expectations and that moment comes and that thing doesn't manifest in your life simply because you're operating in this model it doesn't matter you don't care about it. and in that moment what you will realize is you will find something else to be truly excited about yeah and when you follow this path of excitement where every moment there is something that you are excited about because life is simply a summation of all now moments mm. your whole life is one gigantic excitement yeah. it's like right. this moment into like right every second right. exactly right so so you see then that there is nothing esoteric about this it's not some sort of an occult practice mm. it's just a small shift in mindset but it's not that easy for people to just make that switch mm. which is where the book provides all this support in terms of how to eliminate your addictions or rather convert your addictions into preferences mm -hmm. and when you're able to do that you put in the work and then you're able to finally convert your addictions into preferences that's when you can finally move into the fourth center of consciousness which is love cool. now uh, here comes the tricky part mm -hmm. uh, which is that unfortunately in our society the word love has been completely corrupted mm -hmm. 
So, uh, if I were to talk about love, uh, people just have the wrong perceptions. Because in our society, the model of love is this Bollywood romantic type relationship. But truly what that is, is just ownership. Because when we think of love, it's like a boy and a girl, they get together and then they say, you know, boy tells a girl that, you know, sweetheart, I love you. And she says, I love you too. But truly, if you were to decipher what they were saying to each other, what they're genuinely telling each other is that I want to own you. I want you to be mine mm -hmm. and only mine. But this is ownership. And ownership is a function of fear. And fear is from the security center. Right. And it can come in many different ways. It's like uh, the ownership could be a part of power or sensation as well or security as well. Oh, okay. Because uh, you could want to own your partner mm. so that you're using her to gratify your sensory desires. Mm. Or it could be from the security center where you're afraid of being alone and you're afraid that she go away with someone else. Mm. Or it could be in the power center where you're using it uh, as an object to gratify and then boost your ego mm -hmm. or do one of those but as long as you're there you're basically using the other person as an object you're not really seeing them as a person mm -hmm. and what love truly is is an expansion of self now to truly understand love like I would recommend that you don't look at adult humans at all <laughs> rather it's much more beneficial to go and look at natural systems. Which is that now if you look at your own body, what you realize is that your body is an accumulation of a hundred trillion cells. Now each cell is an individual of their own right. Because each cell is doing all kinds of things. Mm. It's uh, eating, breathing, uh, moving, shitting, reproducing, doing all kinds of things. So each cell is truly an individual. And the way the body is organized is that each cell has its own unique gift. It's like the blood cells has the gift to carry some oxygen, some glucose and some different kinds of nutrients. And it's flowing around in the bloodstream and it comes along and be like, bro, you need some oxygen, you go take some. You know? It's like, oh, you need some glucose, you go take some. You know? It's like, oh, you need this, you take some. And it's just going on giving. Because the blood cell has had the ability to expand its sense of self. It's not seeing itself as separate from the whole. Mm. It's seeing itself as the whole. And thus, it just goes on giving to everything that it comes in contact with. It doesn't have the limitation that I will carry everything, no, not you, I won't. Yes. So you see now that it's not a give and take relationship. <clears throat> it's not that the blood cell is coming to your... Uh, you know, pancreas cell and uh, be like, I got some glucose, man, what you got for me? Uh, yeah. Right. Or it's not like uh, the blood goes to the brain, you know, to the neuron mm. and be like, I got some oxygen and glucose. You seem like you're about to die. How much can you give me for this? <laughs> right. Because if you had that kind of relationship, this organization wouldn't happen. Yes. So what it is, is truly your body is organized on a principle of love. Mm. Now that truly is love which is an expansion of your sense of self. Mm -hmm. The whole desire to own and possess and objectify is not love at all. So now, for example, your red blood cells don't try to own your neurons. They simply go and give. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. whatever it is that their gift is and in this process of giving the receiving happens automatically now what the blood might need it might get it from some other place you know maybe the bone marrow is giving all kinds of things that the blood needs or maybe some other part is giving the blood what it needs but to every other part the blood is just going along and giving whatever its gifts are so truly that is the love center and for people to really experience that they would have to get rid of their addictions from the three lower centers because the addictions are actually extremely destructive of love what it does is it creates the illusion of separation mm-hmm. where you and me are separate beings and i need to take care of myself and myself includes this little bubble which has a bunch of things it's not just me it's like me my girlfriend my car my bike my house my phone my ego my prestige <laughs> and now that's my bubble and then i am trying to protect my bubble from everything else and i am trying to boost my bubble from whatever you know it's like uh, and all of this is basically function of addictions when you get rid of all the addictions then there is nothing to protect anymore there is simply joy that you have abundance that you have gratitude that you have and truly you just want to share all of this with whoever comes in contact with you because you truly see it that they're all you you're part of a larger organism a larger system and your function your job truly is to nourish everything that comes in contact with you and when you start doing that you finally move into the fifth center of consciousness which is cornucopia a horn of plenty abundance okay now again another thing is like lot of people it's like once you start going above three centers is when the the magical world starts i mean yes i'm saying magical because it's not been accessed by like most people most people have not felt it and yes. at least they have no idea this thing exists I, i would say most people have felt it they've just they don't have it right now in their life okay at so, times or like no i will spikes. explain like children mm-hmm. are enlightened beings so they come from the source mm-hmm. they are these beautiful creatures who are just as bubbles of energy and joy who have the ability to live in the here and now mm-hmm. and they are truly loving beings now when you look at small children if they are playing some game and then some other kid comes there is just happiness that okay some more another teammate has come mm-hmm. a fellow player has come whatever game they might be playing be it hide and seek or you know this or that or whatever you know and, and children have this magnificent ability to come up with all kinds of things children have this beautiful ability to and this immense amounts of openness where they can imbibe anyone into their bubble right and truly when you see they have this phenomenal ability to live in the here and now and their value systems are also extremely different mm-hmm. which is that now as an adult our value systems are driven largely by what society validates things as so to think of how something has value you need to look at the price on the product but for a child simply a pebble could be a portal to another dimension mm-hmm. a stick is a sword with some magical mystical abilities and what this then creates is this phenomenal ability to live in excitement and to 
find excitement in all kinds of things and everybody has to an extent experienced this the younger you are the more uh, uncorrupted you are by society and as you start to mature and grow up and then like in different places the process of corruption happens at different speeds and on that like an offshoot idea is that from what i've observed like children in cities tend to get corrupted like sooner than children <laughs> in villages the process uh, is just the same but the time yeah the yeah it happens faster but uh, so that uh, hopefully answers the question that you know it's like about the magic truly beginning after the third center and people resonating with this magic in the sense that when you were a child you were already living in those states mm-hmm. and it's just that when you are able to get rid of your addictions you go back to being in a childlike state which is simply when there is music you have the ability to dance you just listen to it you enjoy it and then you go into that flow and then mm-hmm. you truly enjoy the here and now which is what happens when you develop the ability to drop the past and not be bothered about the future because as children that is the state that you are in whatever is gone is irrelevant and then you're not concerned so much about your future mm-hmm. but as adults we live in the opposite framework which is where we're constantly thinking about you know what i should have said to him if mm-hmm. this situation happens i should have reacted like that next time if this happens this is what i will say and all these uh, things about events which are already gone there's nothing you can do about it but just now you're reframing it in your brain so that the next time you're in a better position or supposedly able to tackle that or alternatively we are going off into all these potential future situations of desirable results or undesirable results or this or that a child simply doesn't do any of that he avoids the whole process and has the ability to live in the here and now in joy and bliss you can simply see it in the laugh of the child in the way he is interacting with the world so the best example to give is uh, when you get rid of your addictions and you move into the higher centers of consciousness you become more child like mm-hmm. but you do retain your cognitive abilities like you don't become a child you become child like and uh as i was saying when you have love in your heart and you are this nourishing being who is giving to all things that you come in contact with where you have empathy compassion which children do like if you see naturally children are empathetic and compassionate beings they don't want to hurt other animals or other beings or whatever in fact if you do something like that in front of them they would cry because that is their way of making it clear to the environment that they do not agree with this activity but then they get conditioned out of it that's unfortunate but you see that they truly they have empathy and compassion and they have all these things and when you live in those states when you move into the fourth center of consciousness which is love then you start experiencing the fifth one which is cornucopia abundance where the universe starts lining up everything for you 
like from moment to moment you just arrive in the moment and the universe gives you a pleasant surprise mm. where in many cases uh, life is unpleasant for a lot of people in cornucopia it's a constant delight the universe yeah, is up there all the time. yes the universe is constantly just giving you these beautiful gifts unexpected beautiful gifts because you have no expectations as well you simply arrive in the moment without any expectations and now you have something delightful happening in your direction mm. so that is the fifth center of consciousness which is cornucopia and after that you experience the sixth center of consciousness which is called conscious awareness which is where you realize very clearly beyond a shadow of doubt that what you are fundamentally is consciousness and the sense of self that you've been having till now is the illusion it's part of the plot line it's part of the story what it is one way to think about it is you are inside this highly immersive vr experience and dinesh is the narrator who is taking all of this input and stitching it together and presenting a coherent story so that you as consciousness can enjoy the story the plot line but you are not fundamentally dinesh what you are truly is consciousness and when this experience becomes extremely clear you have this ability to just watch things from a distance it's almost like you're watching a movie And, then, and and you do that in the real life when you yes. just to a random person and he's doing something or some something some drama or some something is happening rather than talking about the person we can talk about ourselves mm. which is simply the drama that is happening in your own mind mm-hmm. rather than getting caught up in the drama and then going on along with it you watch the drama as drama oh, okay oh this is happening and yes. this is not real and, and is, uh, you enjoy it in the sense that now if you think of any movie that you have seen you've never seen a movie where there are just a bunch of zen monks sitting on top of a mountain meditating in bliss <laughs> because that movie would never be made it's just boring mm-hmm. what you watch is that there is a villain there is a hero there is this and that and there's like tragedy and drama because that's what you want and then when you zoom out you realize that's exactly what is happening in this moment so when the ego creates all this drama you just watch it as entertainment as being inside this highly immersive movie mm-hmm. and then you watch it you enjoy the drama because when you're watching vikings or if you're watching uh, say game of thrones or something like that there is all kinds of treachery happening but you watch it and you enjoy it you don't allow that to create suffering for yourself because you know very well that when you're watching game of thrones it's just a drama exactly so that is the sixth center of consciousness conscious awareness and you feel the life itself i mean you feel the same in the life itself just like uh when you watch game of thrones and you just come out of it like after an hour maybe two or for some people maybe a day you just feel like okay that's a drama it's not real this Uh, done with it mm-hmm. but you just feel it in real life here whatever the drama i mean drama is definitely from the society that is uh, mm-hmm. there and you just notice it like this that's mm-hmm. what you're saying right? right yes i would say there is a distance mm-hmm. between your ego and your awareness mm-hmm. 
because for most people what happens is they are under the illusion that they are the ego mm -hmm. like i am this thing okay but in the sixth center it becomes very apparent that i am not this thing this is simply a point of view I am watching this whole cosmic drama from this point of view and this point of view has its own narrator and every other point of view has its own narrator mm -hmm. but what you are is not the point of view I am not this body and this brain that is computing and then presenting this narrative I am not the narrative I am not the brain I am the thing that the narrative is being presented to and that becomes very clear so that is the sixth center and these things can be only felt when you reach there i mean yeah, yes it's uh, as an adult i mean as you said the kids are there but as an adult it's not easy for anyone to go there like uh, that is right so so i wouldn't say kids are uh, experiencing like uh, conscious awareness uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're probably more in like love and cornucopia mm. most of the time because they're just really happy and excited and it's like uh, maybe babies probably uh, you know it's like they don't have a sense of self mm. and they have this there is just information which is being processed so uh, but that's a very different experience yes. but as an adult what you can have is a very different experience and uh, yeah so when for the seventh center though now this is where uh, you have to get rid of even your preferences mm -hmm. and you use the same tools that you use to reprogram your addictions into preferences to almost shut down almost all the mental chatter and your mind is like this really peaceful water it's like from a ocean of turbulence now you've come to stillness mm -hmm. where there is just this mild vapor you know it's like where it's your ego barely comes up to interface with reality it's just happening you see the whole thing is unfolding there just events which are unfolding and you are the event itself you are the unfolding itself in fact i mean uh, for the seventh center i feel it's best not to even talk about it because simply the experience is something that you have when you go beyond the limitations of language now uh, that's a whole other topic mm -hmm. about how language limits our reality because i just touch upon it very briefly but what language does is it's a it's a signpost like when i say cat it's pointing in a certain direction the word cat itself which is basically just a vibration of my vocal cords and then your eardrum picking it up by itself is quite irrelevant it's just that that particular vibration we have agreed this point points to a certain uh, thing mm. right but now when you talk about an experience where common language has not evolved to describe that experience there's simply no words to talk about it and also when you realize that you get there when you get rid of all words and all language it's a really uh, a catch 22 situation mm -hmm. to try and 
talk about cosmic consciousness in words yes. when you got there by getting rid of words mm-hmm. so i would just put it that there is a thing there is an experience that exists right so those are the seven centers cool. so i can totally see from the choice of words that we used as we go up and up and up yes I mean, in the seventh center the words doesn't exist at all i was mm. just noticing at the sixth center and the experiences and the things that you were mentioning is already beyond the uh, you know the society in terms mm. of society it's already not there i mean they, they won't get mm. it i mean mm. the ideas itself is too alienistic mm. and the seventh center is completely you know abnormal for a normal human being to mm. comprehend and understand mm. so it's it's pretty good i can mm. totally get there so if as as i could feel in from the whole explanation is that mm-hmm. uh the three centers or where people are mostly yes we can just go into a lot of details in the whole uh you know the whole system itself mm-hmm. but at this point what i want to ask is that just above the you know the power center is the low mm-hmm. so can we say that people are not experiencing it because i have seen people who are experiencing it Hmm. still people who can be tied to power centers hmm. is that means that uh, uh, you know can two states be operating at the same time or is it like one state that feels like love but it's not actually love uh, hmm. can we say that so i wouldn't say there two states operating simultaneously hmm. uh but the beauty is now uh you can fluctuate hmm. right so the it's possible that there are times when you might be experiencing life from love and cornucopia okay and then say in a few moments some life situations might happen such that then you might move to your security center okay but then the beauty is that now you will feel the drop very clearly mm-hmm. that from bliss and happiness you drop to anxiety okay and stress and you can feel it very clearly that you've dropped so but having said that you cannot be at both at the same time you cannot be experiencing uh, fear mm-hmm. and cornucopia at the same time okay. it's like they would be at different times but mm-hmm. it's possible to drop from one to the other or from go from here to there like in a moment these things happen in a moment right or does it take like life a- is always in the moment yeah <laughs> right cool 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 so it's like a clock just boom it, it's down like there's yes. a moment that is happening that is ignoring or you know offending you or like whatever mm. so or annoying let's say like mm. instantly you drop from one to the other i mean like once you notice it once so, you are affected by it one of the think, things is from the handbook like uh, once you really get it mm. you stop saying that the event is annoying me mm-hmm. i am annoying myself the <laughs> event just triggered my addictions yes totally yes mm. So I think that's like the an outline I would say because it's it's a whole Yes I mean it's 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 not the whole book it's just the centers of consciousness mm-hmm. uh like there's a lot more information in the book and uh truly to do justice to the book you would have to read it just not just once but like many many times mm-hmm. because uh while it's not a very big book but it has a lot of concepts in there which for a lot of people the first time they read the book uh many things would just kind of go over their head mm-hmm. the second and because there are also like many places in the book where there's some cross referencing mm-hmm. where at some point they're referring to something that's coming ahead in the book and then somewhere ahead they're referring to something that was behind and stuff 
so it's only the second and third time that you read the book that uh, certain things will start to make a lot more sense and uh, the 10th time you read it the 20th time you read it it's uh, pretty much it's every really every time you open a random page and you read something mm. you will see a new meaning to it and uh, you will see a different kind of an application of that meaning to your life so yeah but but it's it's truly worth it mm. because if somebody wants to really live in happiness and bliss it's possible <laughs> right there's a book you read it you apply it and you can get the book for free on google yeah yeah it's just yeah, the pdf is available for free yeah you just uh, uh, type handbook to higher consciousness pdf you will find it it's just like uh, you don't need to go anywhere just read a book apply it and then that's it and that's for free as well i mean yeah like <laughs> yeah <laughs> considering the amount of money you spend in the institutions and all stuff but you see yeah i mean like uh, that's another thing uh, truly one doesn't really need to go to any institutions for anything mm. because uh, now we're in an era where uh, if you really want something the information exists out there it's uh, because if you really want it you can make it happen mm. i agree with that <laughs> right <laughs> so so cool so i think that's it all right we'll thank video. you sweet and cool then we'll catch up with a lot of other infos this is just one direction of uh, the book and there is like lot more to it we are going to explore a lot in the upcoming videos so do the regular thing subscribe like or whatever go ahead all right y'all love you people bye